Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. We're doing a, what would I call it, a refresher, an exhortation, teaching, an inspired word. We're going to get you stirred up when it comes to authority. The Lord spoke to me and he said, start using your authority like you never have before. Step out in authority. Teach principles, precepts of authority. Exhort the church to use their authority, which means don't let the devil run over you. Don't let him steal from you. Don't let him take from you. Don't let him torment your mind. Don't let him get you into fear. Make a decision that instead of being intimidated by the devil, you're going to be intimidating him. When you get up in the morning, the devil ought to be shaken because you're getting up. Amen? I mean, instead of him being a threat to you, you need to become a threat to him. And if you'll do that, I guarantee you, you're going to take back ground that you've lost. You're going to gain ground that you've never had. You're going to break through in that authority. And once you begin to see it work like it should in your life, you're going to wonder, why didn't I ever do that before? Listen, nowhere in the new covenant that we have does God say anything about us praying to God to do anything about the devil. Now let me say that again. I mean, I challenge you, go through the, go through the Gospels. Go through, go through all the letters to the church. Go through the entire canon of Scripture that is the New Testament and the New Covenant, and you will not find one place where God says, well, when you get in trouble, the devil's on your heels, just pray to me and I'll do something about it. There's none of it's there. It's not there. He puts the responsibility of doing something about the devil on the earth in our hands, which means if it doesn't, get, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't get done, it's because we didn't do it. He has given us the authority He's given us the dominion. Now listen, this is not something new. This is the way God created humanity. God created humanity uh, to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air. And listen, and every creeping thing. What do you think he meant by creeping thing? You know what he's doing? He was telling them a snake is coming. A creeping thing is coming. And you got to think, wouldn't that be great if mankind had never fallen? We live 6,000 years. This is 6,000 years from creation. No wars, no disease, no pain, no death. You haven't aged at all. No wrinkles, no nothing like that. Amen? And we still have dominion. Because Adam, instead of bowing his knee to Satan, stood up to him and said, In the name of Jesus, get out of that tree and get under my feet. See, God gave man that dominion. He gave man that authority, and man gave it over to the devil. No wonder the world is in such a mess. But then thank God for Jesus. I said, thank God for Jesus. He came to the earth, and listen, he did what he did in a legal manner so that we could have what we have legally. Now let me say that again. He did what he did in a legal manner. Even his entrance into the earth. God can come to the earth any way he wants to. All through the Old Testament, he came in many ways, in many forms. But I'm telling you, when he came to the earth, when he was born of a virgin in Bethlehem of Judea, he came through the gate of humanity and took on the form of a human being. The incarnation, the Bible said, was made in likeness of man. 
He was subject to every temptation unique to the human experience, but he did not have that sin nature in him. We did. He healed. He delivered. He set free. He cast out devils. But then he died on the cross and rose from the dead so that our identification with the first Adam could be broken and our identification with the last Adam, Jesus Christ, could be joined together by faith. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, Acts chapter 3. Did I tell you chapter 3? Well, good. That's what I meant. Verse 1, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. A certain man, laying from his mother's womb, so this is a birth defect, was carried whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms or to beg of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask alms or begin to beg. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. Of them. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, excuse me, such as I have, give I thee in the name. Now notice this very carefully. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, we know Matthew chapter 16, what they call, um, excuse me, Mark chapter 16, which they call the Great Commission. Jesus said this: Go ye into all the world and preach or proclaim the gospel. Those that believe will be saved. Those that believe not will be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, everybody say in my name, name. they shall cast out devils. And actually the laws that govern the Greek language are being applied in this scripture, which means you can carry the phrase in my name down into every other thought of of the scripture. In my name you shall cast out devils. In my name you shall speak with new tongues. In my name, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. In my name, you shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Jesus was talking about doing the works of the Lord Jesus Christ, mentioned in John chapter 14, and the power and the authority to do them being invested in His name. Oh, you ought to get excited. Listen, the name of Jesus, never forget this, write this in your Bible for sure. The name of Jesus takes the place of Jesus being personally present with us. Now let me say that again. That's that's important to hear. Very simple. Very simple. The name of Jesus takes the place of He being personally present with us. Now we'll see it in manifestation. Here comes Peter and John. They come to the gate, beautiful. There's the lame man. He's probably been there many. How many times did Jesus walk by? I imagine a few. Just walked right by him, never did anything. But this day, the man looked on them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter and John turned and said, Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have. Now let me just take, take just a little side note. Saying, Peter, saying, silver and gold have I none. Listen, that, that, that's not an excuse to live in poverty. Two chapters later, they're bringing so much money to them, they got to lay it at their feet. People are selling everything they had. The move of God started with 120, went to 3,000, then went to 5,120. That's the least amount that they had. Offerings were big. Amen. 
No, he was saying silver and gold have silver and gold is not going to do you any good. Silver and gold, silver and gold is not going to answer your problem. But such as we have. Now you've got to understand something about your faith and about what you believe. You have to determine in your heart what you have. What do you have? What do you have? Do you have the name of Jesus? Are you a possessor or are you a user of the name of Jesus? I heard somebody tell you this one time. He said, uh, I literally heard him say it in a, in a teaching session. He said, you know, I'd never pray and believe God for a million dollars. I think if I had a million dollars, I'd probably backslide. I thought to myself, God gave you the name of Jesus. If he trusts you with the name of Jesus, he can trust you with a million dollars. He can trust you with ten million dollars. He can trust you with a church. He can trust you with a move of God in a nation. He can trust you. He trusts you when you know something about his name. Amen. Amen. Silver and gold have I none. Such as I have, give I. Now notice what he said. In the name of Jesus Christ, (coughs) excuse me, of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John, and all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people and said, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as through our own power. Now notice this. As through our own power, our holiness, we had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus. Now hold on. I want you to stop right there. Underline that if you're taking notes. He hath glorified his son Jesus. He hath glorified his son Jesus. Now you've got to understand, God has released such awesome power in the name of Jesus, not so the church could be some great entity on the earth, not so that some preachers could be some great uh, people on the earth. He did it to glorify His Son, Jesus. If He's glorified in the churches, the churches will be great. If He's glorified in the men, men and women's ministries, the men and women's ministries will be But the purpose of the name of Jesus is to give glory and honor unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-mm-mm, I like that. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified His Son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied Him in the presence of Pilate. And when He was, and when he was, determined, when he was determined to let Him go, but you denied the Holy One and the just and, and desired a murderer to be, grant, to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Now notice this, verse 16, very important. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, if you truly believe that the Word of God is God-inspired or God-breathed, that means the Holy Ghost had a hand in the words that are on these pages. Amen. 
here was the opportunity of the Holy Ghost to reveal to the church that if this miracle would have happened any other way, it would have been documented right here. You say, what do you mean any other way? Well, if it would have been this. Well, this man is whole because we, we lived with Jesus for three and a half years. And man, that anointing was so strong, it just got over on us. We don't know how long it's going to last, but boy, it got this guy healed, didn't it? No, didn't say that. He didn't say, well, it's because we have stepped over into the office of the apostle. And because we are apostles, that name works. Amen? He didn't say, no, this is the gifts of the Holy Ghost in opera. You know what he's doing? He's making the name available for every individual in the body of Christ to use it and get the same results. Let me try that again. He's making that name available to every person in the body of Christ to use it and get the same results. But there's a key there. It is His name through faith in His name. Let me try that again. It is His name through faith in His name. Now, the Bible says, Romans 10, 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. How does faith operate? Faith operates by what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. How come so many Christians are inefficient in their using of the name of Jesus? It is because the name of Jesus to them is a religious name, traditional name, church name, or any other name but a name that is operated by faith. Now, with that in mind, just for, just for a moment, for, for, the, for the sake of the doctrine itself, chapter 4, here comes the recoil, the religious recoil against them. They grab Peter and John, these elders are all stirred up. Verse 8 there, it says, Then Peter, chapter 4, verse 8, Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, anytime you see that term, filled with the Holy Ghost, pay attention to what's being said. He said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if this day we be examined of the good deed done. Now, there's another point. You say, what do you mean? The name of Jesus is not designed to curse anybody. Not, not, not designed to destroy anybody. It's designed to manifest good deeds done on the earth. Of this good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and the people of Israel, that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which is set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Now listen, neither is there, any of, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now listen to me. They asked, they pressed on these two guys. You go study in the first, first eight verses. By whose name have you done this? Now the reason they were saying that, see we're not geared to that mentality today. You don't, you don't even work for your boss. You know if you work at the 
UTMB as a, as a nurse or a doctor or whatever you do for University of Texas Medical. You don't go do things on behalf uh, or in the name of your boss. You do it in the name of the, of the corporation that you're working for. Even in the United States, we have a particular president who's in office now. Uh, it'll be determined whether he'll uh, have four more years or someone else will come in. But still, even in America, we don't do things in the name of the president. We don't do it in the name of the Congress. We don't do it in the name of the, uh, of the Supreme Court justices. Everything's done in the name of our nation. But not in that day. And all the way up in history, all the way up to until that day, everything was done of the, by, in the name of the men that held the power. The Pharaohs, the Caesars, the Nebuchadnezzars, all, even, the, even, the, even in Israel, the Davids and the Solomons. They were done in their name. So they wanted to know, they, they understood this, names carry authority. Names carry power. Names have influence. Certainly, you use some name to get this accomplished done. Whose name did you use? So they came back again, again the second time. If it be known unto you all, the people, verse 10, of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you hold. Now, if you're going to operate in any level of potential of the power of the name of Jesus, we're going to talk next week about what that, that name does, how it gives us access, how it releases authority. But if you're going to operate in, on any level of power, which means even prayer. I mean, if you're praying in the name of Jesus, you ain't got any faith in the name, you ain't got any faith in the prayer you're praying. Amen? If you're going to have any faith in the name, you've got to have word for it. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the New Testament, the letters to the church, our covenant answers the questions, how did he get his name? Because if we have word on how he got his name, we can have faith in his name. Let me try that again. If we have word on how he got his name, then that word will cause in our heart faith to rise up. And when we say, in the name of Jesus, cancer has to go. In the name of Jesus, depression is broken. In the name of Jesus, get your hands off my finances. He has to get your hand, his hands off your finances. The Bible instructs us. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, two different times, says resist the devil, resist the devil, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. He'll run from you. And start. Well, if we don't do that, he's not going to flee. He's not going to run and start terror. He's going to hang around. He's going to mess with your mind, your body, your finances, your marriage, your job, everything that's out there. He's going to mess with it, mess it up, and make you miserable. You say, well, Pastor, that's why I come to Island Church, for you to run him off. Well, I ain't going home with you i got to run him off for myself. I'm teaching you how to do it. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at the first way. Everybody say the first way. The first way Jesus got his name. Ephesians chapter 1, the mighty prayer that is prayed. For time's sake, we'll pick it up there in verse uh, 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead 
and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Now notice this. Far above principality and power and might and dominion. Now notice this. And every name. Boy, that excites people, doesn't it? See, that's why it doesn't work. That's why it doesn't work. Because you hear it say, yeah, praise God, but I tell you, my back still hurts. Ain't nobody throwing no money at me. So you let doubt rise up, nullify. But listen, these truths ought to... Man, when I I read the scriptures, it makes my insides shake. You say, why? Because I know what that name does. When I read that scripture, it thrills me all the way down to the depths of my heart because I realize God in heaven has allowed a piece of His entity to end up in my hand through revelations, a tool I can use through revelation in my heart which will keep the enemy under my feet. He can't have authority over me. He can't have my wife, my family, my money, my church, my health. You say, why? Because I have some faith in the name of Jesus. Every name that is named. Not only in this world, but that which is to come. That means not only in this world are we going to be using the name of Jesus, but there are worlds to come. Isn't that what it just said? Why would it have any authority in worlds to come if we weren't going to be using it? We're going to be using it. You might as well get used to using it now. You might as well get some faith in it now. You'll be in my class in heaven. Amen. And I'll be teaching you all in the name. In this scripture, it is revealed to us that one way or the first way Jesus got his name is through conquest, through literal combat in hell itself when God raised him from the dead and he spoiled principalities and powers. He was crowned the victor, king of kings, lord of lords, great and mighty word of God. And listen, to the victor goes the spoils. That's, why, that's what he did. He spoiled principalities, powers, made a show of them openly. He triumphed over it in it through the combat that took place down in the region of the dam in which he bound the devil. One translation says he led him bound through downtown eternity, a vanquished foe, never to rise again against his holy name. Woo! Amen? I just finished reading uh, Band of Brothers. There was a series on one of the movie channels or something like that that talked about it's the history of the uh, 506 parachute regiment of the 101st Airborne, Airborne, their history in World War II from Normandy to Holland to Bastogne to, to actually they're the ones that took the eagle's nest. Now, I just finished it last night. And what's amazing is it said this. This is the, 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 the major of the, of the regiment writing. Uh, Richard Winters was his name. And he said, once we reached Burchus Garden and the Eagle's Nest, he said there was some sporadic fighting, but the war was already, we, it was already done. We'd already won it. So they took care of a couple of little incidents, and they ran into this town in which Hitler used to, that used to be his stronghold, the place where he lived. In this town were all kinds of treasure. And this is what this major wrote. 
He said, there was no way I was going to restrain my soldiers from taking what they wanted. <laughs> One guy tried to ship a Mercedes limousine home, but he couldn't find any way to get it home. You say, now that's illegal. They were stealing. No, they weren't stealing. I said, no, they weren't stealing. They had vanquished the foe. They had won the war. And anything that belonged to their enemies now belonged to them. Come on, church. Listen, Jesus vanquished the enemy. He won the war. And because you were in Christ, everything the devil had now belongs to you. If he's got your money, you tell him, let go of my money, give it back to me. If he's messing with your health, you got to say, no, no, you have been defeated through the combat of deity against you. You are made a show of openly. You are bound in the spirit realm. You have no power over me whatsoever. In the name of Jesus, leave me alone. That's why you got to have faith in his name. Get in this, get in this scripture in Ephesians. Believe it in your heart as you worship God. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you. You've given him a name that is above, uh, above every name, both, in he- both in, uh, here, in, here on the earth, in heaven. Thank you, Father. As you do that, you build faith in your heart. The confession of the word continually builds faith in your heart. So I don't know why it ain't working for me. How many times have you thanked God for that? How many times have you confessed the scripture? Philippians chapter 2. How's my time? Oh, I'm doing good. Philippians chapter 2. Verse, uh, let's try verse 6. Let this mind, purpose, or attitude be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now here we go. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Oh, somebody ought to get happy about that. I don't care what the name is, if it's in a medical term, if it's a financial term, if it's a negative term about your marriage or your kids, does not matter. There is a name that is above it. There is a name that is above it. Above every name. Everybody say above every name. Now notice this. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under... That's all three realms of the existence of spirit, spirit beings. The heaven or heavenlies... The earth are things under or in the earth. In all three realms, Jesus has the authority. <laughs> I said in all three realms, Jesus has the authority. Now this is the second. First way he got it was through conquest, through combat. He won it. He got it through his mighty works and mighty deeds when his heavenly father raised him from the dead. The second way he got it is he had it conferred upon him. You say, what do you mean conferred upon? Now, you know, there are things in, a, in the, in, in the uh, world that are conferred upon people. There's the Nobel Peace Prize. There was the, the, the one that I read about, studied on back when I was studying the name of Jesus, first learning this, was the 
the, the, what was the guy that invented the polio vaccine? Salt? Uh, what was it? Jonas Salt? Anyway, he invented a vaccine. Polio, most of y'all don't remember this kind of date, some of us, but I remember when we couldn't go to the public swimming pools. I remember standing in the lines at the public schools. The first time we went, they gave us, gave us two sugar cubes. We took them for the polio vaccine. Second time, they smacked you in the arm with an air gun. Poof! Shot it into your arm. I didn't like either one. Sugar cubes were bitter and the one, that one hurt. But you know, I never worried about polio. I'd been vaccinated. Now they conferred upon Jonas Salt the Nobel Peace Prize for medicine. Now do you think he got up one morning and said, you know, I'm going to set out to win the Nobel Peace Prize. I'll tell you, let me, let me see here. Let me look at all these diseases. Well, which one would be the easiest to cure? Which one would be the easiest to fight? Hmm, I don't know. That one? No, not that one. No, not that one. No, he didn't do that. It was his life's work. A life of research, a life of trial and error, a life of wondering, will this work, will that work? Till finally he found something that worked, and because he did that, this, this society, actually it's over in Europe, conferred upon him the Nobel Peace Prize for medicine. Amen? Now, Jesus, when he rose from the dead, after he conquered all that was against us, broke the power of the devil, through his work, the Father said, I'm going to confer upon you a name. You didn't have this name when you came to the earth. You didn't have this name when you died on the cross. You didn't have this name when you rose from the dead. But when you came and sat at my right hand, through the conquest of what you have done, because of your work, I'm going to confer upon you a name above every name. Above every name. Above cancer. Above bankruptcy. Above divorce. Above depression. Above addiction. Above every name that can be named, you get the highest. Yours is the highest. So that means what? Highest in authority. Highest in power, highest in ability, highest in reality. Now, real quick, Hebrews. That's the second way. Everybody say the second way. Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 1. Hebrews 1 verse 1. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners in times past spake, in times past spake unto the prophets, uh, spoken to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels. Now notice this as he hath by inheritance, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now this is the third way. Everybody say third way. First way, conquest. Second way, had it conferred upon him. Third way, he got it through inheritance. Now this is very important when it comes to you and I. Because, you know, if you took the other two, 
then us really having the right and the access and the power and the ability and everything that that means, well, well, it would be kind of a gray area. Well, pastor, it says to cast out devils in his name, it says to lay hands on the sick. But, you know, we get over into the letters of the church and it talks about him having it uh, conferred upon him. It talks about his mighty conquest, destroying the devil. Because of that, he got the name. But, you know, is, is there anything, is there any scripture that you can find that will tie it directly to me where I don't have to wonder? Well, I don't have to think in my mind, or the devil doesn't have access to my mind, thinking, well, you're not an apostle, or you're not mightily anointed, or you're not mightily used, or you don't hold some special position in the church. Is there anything there that can help me understand? Just, just, I'm just a regular Christian person that loves God, that comes to church, that wants to know something about the power of that name. Is there anything that can help me see that it's mine too? Well, I'm glad you ask. It shows us right here. That he got it how? Can you say it? Say it again? So go to Romans real quick. Go to Romans chapter 8. You got your, I don't know, Wednesday night sometimes a lot of people don't wear their shouting shoes, their running shoes, their shouting clothes. But we'll, we'll, we'll try. We'll, we'll see what happens here. Man, if you could just somehow find a way to connect it directly to us. Now, now inferred is good. Amen? I mean, you know, in, in Ephesians, it's inferred. Yeah. In Philippians, it's inferred. Amen? Hebrews, it talks about inheritance. Notice Romans, what it says. The Spirit Himself, this is in verse uh, 16, the Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, that's, remember we're talking about the heart? And how the Spirit does what? Bears witness with our spirit. That means when you see something in the Word, they say, that's God. That's the Word of God. That's the Word of God for me. Your spirit goes, yeah, I believe that. Your mind's the one that says, I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it always checks with the flesh. How do you feel about it? Hmm, I don't know. I didn't feel any goosebumps when he said that. Now notice, the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit. That we, we are, that we are children of God. Well, that sounds good. Because when you start talking about children, one subject that may be brought up is what? An inheritance. It gets better. Verse 17, and if children, are you ready? Then heirs. Heirs of God. Oh, that's good and joint heirs with Christ. Uh-oh. That's what the devil just said. Uh-oh. He said, what do you mean? It just got tied directly to you. What gives me the right? Uh, do I have to be an apostle, a missionary? Do I have to be some kind of elder in the church? Do I have to have some special anointing, special gifting, special endowment? No. All you have to be is a child of God. All you have to be is a child of God. All you have to be is a child of God. And the full power of the name of Jesus is invested into your inheritance. So now wait a second. If I'm going to get an inheritance, somebody's got to die. Glad you asked. Because the one that got it through conquest, the one 
that had it conferred upon him is the one who wrote this new covenant in his blood died to be the securer of your inheritance. Then rose, oh listen, then rose from the dead to be your attorney, to be your lawyer, to be your advocate that stands with the will before the judge who is your father. Let me try that again. (laughs) He died. Now the inheritance becomes available, becomes relevant. Well, there has to be a will. Here we go. Written in the blood of Jesus. New covenant in my blood when we take communion. Then he rises from the dead, fully equipped, fully able to step into another position of high priesthood. Who do you think the high priest of Israel were? Do you know who they were? Do you know who the high priest of Israel were? They were the lawyers. They were the lawyers. They were the practicers, the proclaimers, the teachers of the law. So when Jesus rose from the dead and stepped into his high priest, amen, that he is the what? The consummate attorney in the court of the universe. And you stand in him and the judge of all things is his heavenly holy father and your heavenly holy father and all of the authority and all of the power and all of the ability and all of the might and all of the grandeur and glory of that name was deposited into you through inheritance but if you don't know anything about it you can have no faith in it. Now, well, my time's up. That's why there's such an attack on the name of Jesus. Did you know recently, I don't know if you know this, but if you'll do a little bit of research, you'll find it to be true. Did you know recently they have tried in in, uh, one particular court case to pass, I don't know if it was a law or what it was, to say that using the name of Jesus was hate speech, religious hate speech. Now, not God. Not the, not the word God. Everybody's okay with God. Everybody's like, you know, God, yeah, cool. Everybody, God, yeah, God, God. And people, well, God's, you know, he's this plan, he's that, he's this. So God is a universal term. You start getting into the names of God, Elohim, Almighty God, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Rapha, the God of health and healing, Jehovah Sidkanu, the, the, uh, the God of righteousness and right. Amen. But the name of Jesus, listen, how many court cases has there been? How many times at a, at a prom or a, or a football game or a, or, a, or a public event have they come to the one who's going to invoke the blessing and say, now you can pray, but you can't use the name of Jesus. There may be Muslims. There may be Buddhists. There may be just, just atheists. Now, the word God doesn't bother them, but man, you get the name Jesus. You say, now, why is that? Because God is universal. 
Jesus is personal. And because he is personal, it makes it controversial. Because it's personal, this world system will rise up, amen, and do everything it can do to stop you from using the name. I've seen some prayers prayed at some government events lately, and I'm not for or against anybody. I try to stay neutral politically. But I noticed something, that they used the name of Jesus in prayer at our nation's capital. And I saw the faces of some of the people that were so disgusted. That's where some of those court cases came out of. It's hate speech. It's not hate speech. That's the ultimate name of love right there. Because, see, the name of Jesus brings people to a place of decision. But for you as a believer, listen, I'd go to those four scriptures that we just used. Ephesians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 1, Romans chapter 8. I'd write them down. I'd lift my hands. I'd thank God. I'd start speaking those scriptures. I'd start saying, thank you, Father, for the name of Jesus. I'd start worshiping Him. I'd start glorifying Jesus. And then any time the devil messes with you, I would turn. See, it's a two-edged sword. He's the lion. He's the lamb. He's, he's, he's the one who's so tender toward us, so kind toward us, so, so perfect. But when he turns toward the devil, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when you say, in the name of Jesus... Get your hands off of my mind. Get your hands out of my life. I speak to this foul addiction or this depression or what it may ever make. In the name of Jesus, get out of here. Well, what if it don't work? You need to start working on your faith. You need to get to the place in your faith where you know that when you use that name, it works. And what you're speaking it against has to bow. That means come into subjection to you. Next week we'll study access. And you'll see a lot of people are so insufficient in prayer because they don't have the faith they need in the name of Jesus to access the very throne room of grace. But God says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy in time of need. And you do that by the name of Jesus. Literally, when you use the name of Jesus, remember what we've said about your words Your words are the only thing you have. Your speech is the only thing you have that can access both this natural realm and the spirit realm. And when you say, lift your hand and say, Heavenly Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. You step out of this natural realm and you step into the spirit realm and you are present in that holy of hope. You say, well, that's just in precept. That's just in theory. No, it's in truth. And it's in reality. And when you realize that's how the name of Jesus works for access like one preacher said, you become a whiz at praying. You get real good at it. You say, why? Because you know your advocate who, who obtained your inheritance is standing right there with you. And you're standing in front of the person in the universe who has the most mercy towards you, the most compassion towards you, the most grace towards you, the most whatever you need towards you, and it ain't hard to get him to move on your behalf when you're standing with your elder brother Jesus in the court of your heavenly Father. Amen? Lift your hands and thank Him, Father. We thank You for that name that is above every name. Thank You, Father, that You've given Him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow 
of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, that that name is far above all principality, power, power, might, dominion, every name that can be named, not only in this world, that which is to come. You've given him a more excellent name, bigger than the angels, greater than the angels, greater than any demonic power, greater than any force in this world. You've invested that name into your family. Help us as a church. Help us to do kingdom business in that name. Help us to understand how it opens doors, how it shuts down the attacks of the enemy. Help, help us to know that that name will bring healing to our bodies, peace to our marriages, calmness in our minds, that it will manifest the covenant of that which God has given us in Christ. Thank you, Father, for the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Stand on your feet. Now, as we talked about last week, allow the aggression and the resistance of your faith to be stronger than the emotion of your drama. Now let me say that again. Allow the resistance and the strength of your faith to be bigger than the emotion of your drama. Only you can do that. You say what? You stay more focused on that name. You stay more focused on... If all you do is stay focused on that drama, it's going to take the preeminence in your life. But you get over here in the name of Jesus. You start using it with authority. You start using it with power. And we'll say you can't use it to control people, but you sure can use it to change circumstances. Amen. You start doing that at your home. You change the atmosphere at your job. You run the devil off from your mind, your body. If you've suffered with something uh, continual, physically, every day, get up. If you've got to take a shot, if you've got to take a pill, if you've got to go get a treatment, you just say, in the name of Jesus, I'm one pill closer to the last time I'll ever take one. I'm one shot closer to the last one I'll ever take. I'm one treatment closer in the name of Jesus to the last one I'll ever take. In the name of Jesus, I'm free. You got to get with it. You got to stick with it. Amen. And you've got to run with it so you can have what that name provides for each and every one of us. Amen. Father, thank you tonight for the name of Jesus. As we leave, even though the numbers are down tonight, the weather was inclement, we as a congregation speak that name over every person connected to this church. We say in the name of Jesus, Psalms 91 is activated. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Therefore, in our travels on the highways, the airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, in the righteous labor of our hands, in our businesses, at our jobs, in our schools. We thank you, Father. We are protected. We're kept safe that that name surrounds us and nothing on this earth can break through it. In Jesus' name. Thank you that that name opens the door of utterance for us. Causes an ear to bend our way, to listen to what's being said causes the enemy to cease and desist as we pray 
for a way to reach our neighbor, our friend, and our loved one. Thank you, Father, for the access to the harvest that the name gives us. Thank you, Father, tonight as we leave, we love you so much. We walk in faith and love towards you. Thank you for faith in that name. We leave tonight thanking you for our church, thanking you for one another, walking in love one toward another, and we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you called us to be. Thanking you here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.